obviously working Sunday Road. I play guitar in the Raven. And my name is Tate Ekbay. I am the singer of the Raven, and you're listening to Godless Heathens. Lightning. Fire. Power of God or something. He died for our sins. That shall be his undoing. Hey, 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 hey! What is going on here? Shocking. Positively shocking. That's just funny. <laughs> ah, fuck you. I love it when a plan comes together. Hey, come here. Hi. God damn it. Okay, now, uh, if by any chance I get, like, flustered, you know, when I'm hurling from space, and, and, and I pull the red one first. Oh, then you're going to wind up looking like a well-done chili burger. They're going to have to shovel you into a coffin. Fine. You bastard! Drop dead! I don't do requests. You remember one thing. You screw up just this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. I'm Larry. Fuck off, Larry. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. And we're going to be talking about their new album. It's uh, Peace and Conflict, and it comes out November 25th. Um, it's going to be on the Sun Records. And... Uh, I guess first of all, what I wanted to ask you, uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about um, how each of you joined uh, the Riven, and uh, and then we'll just start talking about the new album. Sure thing. Maybe I should go first. Yes. So I'm um, one of, one of the founding members. No, but we started the band in. Uh, we lived in London. Me, uh, the play, bass player Max, and the guitarist, uh, the one of the guitarists, I don't know. Uh, we formed the band there back in, I believe, like late 2016 or something. Oh, wow. We had another drummer back then, and we just started out, uh, recorded an EP there, and then we decided to record an album, uh, and then we found our label, The Sign. We then like moved the band to uh, Stockholm. And then before the album, uh, we started doing this album, we're releasing on the 25th. Ewan Kim joined us. Yes. Fantastic. And um, can you talk about the uh, the recording, or excuse me, the writing process for Peace and Conflict? It's very like community style, where he co-wrote almost all the songs, except maybe one or two in the rehearsal room all together. So when someone would bring an idea, or we would work up an idea together, okay, and then we finish it together. Fantastic. Um, and as far as um, was the writing process different for this album than the previous? Um, I think it was in some ways because we like changed some of the members and we had a different drummer back then. And back then we were only one guitarist. Uh, the drummer we have for this album it's is different. And also like having you Kim in the band a second. Like another guitarist, it brought like a uh, completely different dimension in my opinion, and also like Joe Kim's way of writing songs. Uh, for me, it was very inspiring. It was very nice to have new influences coming into the band and someone else like kind of bounce ideas off of. Fantastic. And then, um, as far as um, the recording process, uh, tell us about that for this album. Yeah, you want to go, or should I go? Yeah, it was uh, really nice. We um, went all down south to a little uh, 
house uh, cabin on the yard. So then we set up our own studio. Because now the only guitar player is I started producing and stuff, and he likes to do that kind of stuff. So we did it all ourselves, and like the environment was uh, so inspiring. And as we said before, living close to the water, we were right by the sea. So every morning you could go have a dip, and you had some breakfast, and then you would just start recording a song. I think we spent two weeks down there. Mm. Oh my God. 85% of the album done, I think. Mm. And we hung out 24 <laughs> 7. <laughs> it's kind of nice to go like remote recording an album like that because you have no none of the distractions from your everyday life. You would if you stay like in the city you live in. So you can like completely focus on, on, on the, like, the task. Yeah, that's. Uh, and, and let me ask you this to just kind of. To real quick back to the writing, we'll stay with the production. But did you all write a lot of this during uh, COVID? I know a lot of people that are dropping albums right now. A lot of it was written during COVID. Was that a similar situation, or was it not? A bit of both, right? Yeah, I would say. I found it quite difficult to uh, stir up inspiration during COVID because obviously there wasn't a lot of things you could do, so you didn't get a lot of inspiration. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, also, it's very inactive during COVID. Well, you know, so, what was scary for me, um, it was really bad. The pandemic uh, where I live, and I avoided it the whole time. And about four months ago, I got it, and I thought I was going to fucking die. Like, it was very, very bad. And I have, there's a lot of people in this country, this country is very divided over it. They don't believe it's real and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, it's real. And when you get it, you're going to find out real quick how fucking real it is. And it's funny how the different bands that I speak with, I was just curious. I know it's kind of just a routine or mundane question at this point, but a lot of people that I feel like wrote, a lot of the artists I spoke with, they, they, they seem like all different types of genres of music that I speak with, but they all seem to feel like, you know, it was either really hard to write during it or they got a lot done during, uh, you know, the COVID-19 uh, nonsense. So it's, I was just curious if that was something for you guys or not. Uh, yeah, I was mean, I think I got a lot done. But for me personally, I would like play other guitar styles and learn. I played a lot of country finger picking style throughout the pandemic. But the inspiration wise, it was, no, I did not have any inspiration at all almost yeah. I mean I can see if you have like that whole like kind of political um how do you say like divide Div how do you say that divide like in your country over COVID like sure. that, that um sorry oh yeah it's it, it's it was very, I, I mean seriously like to start up some kind of inspiration but we didn't really have that in right. Sweden I think it was kind of like a homogeneous group of everybody just handling it. Well, it's it's one of those things where I don't, and I don't think a lot of people probably realize this, or maybe they do, but whereas a lot of Europe and a lot of European artists that I speak with, it felt like people were trying to, you know, do what was right to get it taken care of. This country is the complete polar opposite of that, where you've got all these idiots that were going out during the middle of it and were not, I mean, seriously, like where I live, see, I'm, I'm dead serious because Florida was like wide open during it. And, you know, 
acting like everything was fine and it's like everything's not fine you know i lost my my dad died of covid in 21 so oh it's i mean we weren't close but it's what i'm saying you you, there's literally this country is if you guys don't know this and i'm trying to like like a political thing but seriously like there are people here that to this day do not believe that it's real because they never got it and it's like oh it's real you know, and, yeah. and and you try to tell people that. You always that. have those people who believe in conspiracy theories or don't believe the actual thing happened. Sure, yeah. sure. But I love how it seems like a lot of the folks that I've spoke with, like yourselves, in Europe, everybody was trying to get rid of it and do the right thing where it was not united. Just to tell you, there was nothing united <laughs> about any of that here. It was polar opposite you would get made fun of for wearing a mask in public like myself and you know it was it was really bad um it's it's it was very very messy um but i was just curious about the, sorry i didn't mean to get off a tangent on that but uh um back to the album um as far as uh production what can you tell us about the production of the new album yeah so um i don't know uh the guitarist he uh he was the main man behind the behind the steering wheel when we recorded uh, the album, as like alongside like recording his own parts and everything. So I think he had a quite a a stressful couple of weeks when we recorded. Um, then we had Ola Hirschfeld uh, do the mixing and the master of the album. He's been mixing our uh, first album as well, so we have like an ongoing. Uh, relationship with him musically that's been going really well for a few years so yeah that felt like a natural choice for us as well now oh i was just going to say real quick um so you worked with him on your debut album when you recorded in spain is that correct correct okay yeah i'm familiar with him i'm i know who tribulation is um some of the other bits. He lives in Madrid, so that's why we went there too. Oh, very cool, very cool, very cool. Sorry, I was just, just, I just saw that it was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's also it's a very organic album because we recorded everything live together in a room. You know, it's what I thought was really interesting. Um, So if you had even wanted to on this new album, could you all still went to Madrid or was that not an option because of the pandemic and whatnot? For the time of the recording, I would say uh, no, right? No. That would have been last year. No, that wouldn't have worked. It was like kind of before the vaccine and everything or like just when they started it. So that wouldn't have worked. I bet recording Madrid was interesting. I've never... Madrid looks beautiful. I bet that was really interesting to get to do that. Yes. They have so many good bars. So oh, I'm sure. Sure was a good time. <laughs> it looks beautiful. I mean, it really does. It's hard um, to get up in the morning to sing. But even on the new album, so he ended up doing the final mix on it then? Uh-huh. Ola, okay. Very, very cool. Um, and how did you all end up, uh, even on the first album, how did you up initially uh, finding uh, to work with him? What we did then is we kind of realized like we're a new band. We only had like one EP. Uh, we realized like we have to have a done deal, like a ready product before we can even engage like a record deal or something like this. And we knew Ole because he's been working with some up and coming Swedish bands and we liked him. 
so we kind of had all the songs ready to go more or less and we contacted him and like proposed to for him to uh, work with us so I think when when we when we got in touch with him yeah it was a very like just kind of you know natural just yeah absolutely absolutely Um, and then the cottage that you recorded the new album in um, is it somewhere that do a lot of people use that studio or is it something that or is it or is it actually your all studio no it's actually the the whole like summer house cottage whatever you call it uh, of my grandparents it was built like I think 1962 or something oh cool it's very much not a studio at all. Um, however, we did actually rehearse the first album there, like kind of a production um, setting, in September 2017. Okay. So it just kind of felt natural to go back there. And there's at the time we were there, there's very few neighbors because it's some like a summer. It's active in the summers, or we were there early June, so it was. I have a few complaining neighbors, but nothing too bad. (laughs) (laughs) And then for your all's first EP, um, was it recorded there as well, or was that completely different than the other two? The EP was recorded in uh, East uh, London. Oh, okay. Mm. Did you like recording in London? It was really cool. Um, But it was... Then we had that kind of thing where we recorded in the city we lived in. And I think that's what we've been trying to get away from. Because when you when you like wake up in your own home, you have your own like, and then you just kind of travel with the public transport to the studio. Sure. That feels less exciting. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, Still great, obviously. Like living in London and having that opportunity, and like that was great, but. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed more like traveling to Madrid, traveling down south to in in southern Sweden, because you like leave your everyday life behind and you get to be like the artist you want to be on your record. Of course, of course. Um, did you guys have plans to ever go back to Madrid to record again there? What do you think, Joachim? No, but that studio is not existing anymore, is it? Because oh, yeah, really? But I think it's new studio now but uh, it's just outside Madrid instead of the city oh so he has a new studio that he uses now yeah okay gotcha gotcha very very cool um and then as far as um some standout tracks uh each of you if you want to tell some some of your favorite tracks on the new album mm-hmm. you can go first <laughs> I'll go first or uh maybe I'll steal your answer <laughs> I don't know, like the. I have a, I have a few of them that I really like, but one that kind of stood out to me during the process was it's going to be the last uh, song on the album. I think we already released it as a single. It's called Death. Okay. Uh, simply because when the guys recorded the instruments, I just ended up singing along in my mic in the room next to them and. Like, it was such a great setting, we just ended up keeping the vocals. For most part of it, there's some ad-libs in the end. Uh, we, we, uh, 
edited. Um, but so that's like a like a complete live take, more or less. Wow. And that was a very cool feeling. That felt like like you know old school kind of thing. Do you normally have to do multi takes when you're doing your vocal tracks when you're recording? No. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I just. It's, well, I'm fascinated by what you just said because I listened to the album uh, yesterday uh, when when John asked me to do the interview, and I was like, "God damn!" Like it was very impressive to me, you know, because there's lots of different vocalists. I grew up down here in Florida, completely different type of music, but a lot of my friends were in the death metal scene, and you know, doing growling vocals, you wouldn't think they'd have to do multi takes on it, multi takes on a lot of this stuff. So I'm very impressed musically by you that you can just be like, "Bang, done." one song i mean i think it's both like a blessing and a curse that we have the, the technology we we got today being all digital because like it's amazing to be able to do retakes but at the same time you get so like freaking like nitpicking like oh, sure, that's sure. Cool. You pick, know? pick it apart instead of just leaving it yeah. alone right right well i was very impressed by it um to to especially that you did that was that the only track on the album where you did that yeah oh wow like I said, it's impressive. It's usually like you sing, uh, you sing like uh, like a verse or a chorus or something like put together. But sure. then you do because you kind of need to like catch your breath and you know catch your energy and. Fabulous. Well, that's it's that's great. I did not know that. That's like I said. Most of the people that I've met, professional musicians, they have to do multi takes on stuff that you would not. That I personally wouldn't think just listening to it that they've done multi takes on. So that's I always think it's impressive when somebody can just bang one out, just like done. Mm, yeah, but that was the one. But yeah, that's why I liked it because it felt it felt magical in a way. It is. It's incredible. What about you, Jorgen? <laughs> I really like that one as well. I think it's a really cool song. But my personal favorite would probably be the title track, Peace and Conflict. Okay. Because I think it has everything. I think we really hit the head on the hammer, as we say in Sweden, on that one. But yes, I think the verse is super cool with your uh, vocals. Because it's like one singing and one speaking, with someone speaking in a harmony. It creates a really cool vibe. As a strong chorus, I think me and Arnaud plays probably the most exciting guitar parts on that song. So overall, I think that song is everything just came together really good. Excellent, excellent. And then uh, any other tracks? Just feel free, either of you. Well, we released so far five singles. I think it is. Oh wow. So, <laughs> so I listen just real quick. Wants us to release like a lot of teasers. I listened to the whole album all the way through. I'm an album guy. I just listened to the whole thing. So mm. I thought it was great. I mean, I. There still are a couple of songs uh, that aren't released, and I'm very excited about the the two of them. Oh, okay. So if you if you're into the singles already, I think you'd like the album as a whole because I think the songs that are left and the order we put them in really ties. Oh, I'm looking forward together. to it. Yeah, it's like I said, I'm completely new to the band, and I'll just listen to it. I put headphones on. I've got a really nice pair of Bose headphones, and I just listen to the whole everything that was available for me to listen to. And I was just, but I went back and listened to your previous album. So, um, like I said, very impressed just in general with the band. Um, what other songs are you excited about releasing that you haven't? 
Oh, I'm sorry. What other songs are you excited uh, that you guys haven't let people hear yet? Any of those that you'd like to talk about? Either of you? Oh, on the album. There is... <laughs> we ended up having, like, the working titles on the album. They're all something with time. Oh, okay. And then there's this one song left. Today it's called Something Different, but working title it was called Time Times Three. Because everything was just time. This song in particular, it's it's very cool because the the verses are very kind of soft and very like enigmatic in a way, and then the chorus kind of breaks loose, and it's a lot of a lot of noise. <laughs> it's on the album. It's going to be called Sorceress of the Sky. I think that one is pretty cool. Awesome. The taker. It's called a Kiss as the band. And then it's just a fun track. I think the chorus is pretty friendly to sing along with. So I'm excited to start playing that one live as well. So, as far as when you guys do uh, live shows, um, moving forward now is it going to be real heavy on the new album and then less of the ep and the first album or is it just be a fun mix probably a mix i think there'll be a couple of songs from the album probably we're gonna leave out i mean we have the luxury i guess you can say where we're not like i don't know say rolling stones where you have to play certain songs or are made and we have to play like the sure. hits we can kind of pick because a lot of the people that come to our gig haven't even heard us <laughs> so far. Uh, so we're probably going to make sure that we have a nice set list that brings you all the energies and all the different dynamics that you would want in a, in a live show. Oh, fantastic. And let me ask you both this. Right now, hypothetically, fantasy someone they they call you they ask you do you guys prefer and, and each of you feel free to answer this do you prefer doing because i'm always fascinated with this especially with uh especially with european bands because they have the luxury of both it seems like and i I'd always think it's interesting to me as a as uh just as a fan um do you prefer doing a tour or do you prefer doing like festival stuff if, if you had to say like you know which would you rather do? Would you rather do like a, an actual ongoing tour that lasts like, you know, three weeks? Or would you rather do festival dates throughout the summer? Just be on the tour all year round. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I second that, but I also think uh, doing festivals would be really cool because you get to meet other bands a lot. It seems like the exposure you get, and again, I'm just basing this on talking with bands for almost eight years but it, it it always seemed to me like the festival thing it's great for what you just said you you get to meet the other bands and stuff it would also seem like it was a good way to promote the band and you're reaching an entirely wide range audience doing the different festivals i would imagine because i love because in america the european festivals there's nothing like that here where there's lots of different types of bands. And I love when I see some of the European festivals and it is literally just a mixture of different types of music, which I think is fascinating because it would never fly here ever. Uh -huh. It's always right. like one genre of music. And it, I've never understood that, 
because I've actually went into Mexico from Florida just to go to like a festival they'll have down there and to see some of my favorite bands, but I also get to see bands that I would have never seen because it's such of like a melting pot of bands. That's true, actually. I've been to multiple festivals where you have like, say, three different stages and one is like heavy metal, one is pro rock, and one is like full on metal, like different genres in metal. So it's true, you really like can like pick whatever you want to see in one day. Yeah, that, like I said, I, I, it's fascinating to me because, like, Hell, mm. Hellfest in France, I, I'll sit and look at the roster for it, and I'm like, because that's probably the closest one that if I was going to try to get to a, a, a festival uh, just to check out, mm. you know, and even see bands that I've chatted with on here, go somewhere like that, and it's just all this different time, or like the, the uh, Sweden Rock Festival. Um, I'll mm. look at the roster for that, and there's all these great bands on there. And there's, there really is nothing like that here. Because when they do a festival here, no matter how big or small, it could be gigantic or really, really small, it's still really just one genre of music. All right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you look up any, and feel free to research this, like it's, it's, I don't understand it. Like when they do that. And you'll have some festivals where they're try to mix something in. Like you'll have a bunch of like, you know, stuff like these jam bands and then they'll just throw Slayer on the bill for like no reason. This was like years ago and I'd be like, what? And it doesn't really work. Whereas like, it seems like in Europe, it's like you, it can literally be like, you know, you could have Michael Shanker performing on one stage. You guys are on a stage and then you could have Testament on a stage. And I I love that. I think it's so cool because it is, it is completely foreign to me because there is nothing like that here. Even if I wanted to go to something. It is cool. I never even, I mean, seriously, it's, it sounds great, but it's true. There is nothing like that here. And like I said, you'll, you would see every blue moon, they would try to just mix something in with something. And I'd just be like, what? And it's just not worth going to see one band, but I'll look at festivals in Europe and stuff. And it's just, it just is very fascinating to me. Um, have you guys done a lot of festival stuff? New. We've done like a couple of smaller ones that are more like a few bands playing together in different towns um, in Europe. But I mean, hopefully, we'll try and book some uh, for the coming summer. But the. What do you say? The. Ah, I'm losing my words. Uh, Competition. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and it's like a bottleneck effect now after the pandemic as well, because so many festivals had had the lineup for three years. So oh, so they're just fulfilling. I didn't realize that they're they're yeah. fulfilling commitments from two years ago. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I would it's say it's life. very competitive getting in one of those festivals as well. Mm. We're in like in a weird time now as well, where some of the really really big bands, the old bands, are. Like literally getting too old to tour, and uh, you haven't really let any newer bands become big, you know. So we're kind of like getting into a void, I think. Where, like, who's going to take over? Like, what's going to happen to all these big festivals? Well, something that I think is interesting. It's funny that you said that because there are only a handful of bands that are older that I would go see. Like, for example, like right now, 
and it's I think it's coming up here in like the next few weeks. Wasp is touring over here, but it's just Blackie Lawless. And I grew up listening to Wasp when it was Blackie Lawless, Chris Holmes, you know. And and I'm not paying the money he wants to pay to see him play. And it's like he's like 70 years old, and he's got none of the original members in it but him. And it's like no, even you're not- if he has a chainsaw in his crutch. <laughs> I have no interest in going to see that band whatsoever. And I'm not paying that kind of money to do it. And, I, and I'll give you another example. Also right now, Merciful Fate is touring over here, but it's like King Diamond and one guitar player is not Merciful Fate to me. Like I'm older. I saw Merciful Fate the last time they played like the full lineup over here in 93. And it's like, oh, no. Nice, nice. I mean, I love King Diamond. If it was just King Diamond, I would totally go pay the money to see it. But it's like I'm not paying for the Merciful Fate moniker to see him and one guitar player play songs with a bunch of people from either his solo band or hired people that he's brought in there. I just, I'm just not doing it. Yeah. It's like a hundred bucks. And, and it sounds like you shouldn't go and see the ABBA show in London either. <laughs> I just, I'm really weird about that. Like I don't, you know, and there's a lot of that, that kind of stuff that happens over here in America. You'll have a lot of different, cause I like a lot of like AOR or like hair band stuff from like the eighties and you'll have like one mm-hmm. member of this band and they're touring under that. And I'm like, no, I'm not, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, that's not, you know, so it's funny what you're saying because, you know, there there are just a handful of bands where I would actually be like, you know, I'm going to, especially with me, I have like a lot of health problems. I can't just go to a show now. Like you get some idiot in there and then I end up dying of COVID. It's like, I'm just not doing it. So I have to be real selective about it just as a fan. But it's funny what you're saying because it's it's completely the truth and the stuff that sells over here. You know, because I just had this conversation recently with um, an artist I was speaking with about playing in Europe as opposed to playing, and he's from America, but he, it's it's the vocalist Johnny from Axel Rudy Pell, and he's like, I make all my money in Europe. I don't make any money in America. Like if we brought that over here, it wouldn't make any money. You know, so he's speaking German, isn't he? Yes, it's. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I love, if you've ever listened to Axel Rudy Pell, I love that. that. That stuff's great, but I'll never get to see it unless I go to Europe if I want to see them perform. But, you know, their vocalist is from New York, and it's like, we were talking about how, wow, you know, you can't make any money, you know, in this country playing certain different types of music. It's funny how a lot of stuff in Europe, and I love Europe just for this alone, it's kept stuff alive that would I would have never, you know, expected to be alive. Like, do you guys know who the band Heat is from Sweden? I fucking love that band and I'll never get to see them because they will never come over here probably because that type of stuff doesn't fly like if I wanted to go see that yeah and visas are so difficult well that too I mean that too but it's like like Skid Row's got this great new album out with their I guess the second Heat vocalist Heat Eric or whatever's on it oh it's great it's amazing that fucking record is amazing and they probably will play a few places over here but they're making all their money playing in Europe right now and I, I don't blame them you know you're gonna make all your money to do that, so. But it's it's fascinating. Germany to me. is great for rock. <laughs> Amen. So, real quick, before this thing runs out, I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to do this today. Um, I think the thank album is great. Thank you. What I've heard of it, and then uh, the the previous record's killer. Uh, Flip through the EP, loved it too. Um, you guys can get the new album from The Riven, and it's going to be available November twenty fifth. And it's really good, what I've heard of it. So I'll I'll get... the records are pressed. <laughs> What's that? Oh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. The records are pressed and ready to go very soon. Awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you. And thank you very much for, for having us aboard, uh, on board and everybody listening and everything. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you. We appreciate you. Cracker Jack timing, Wang. Total concentration. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Take us out. Ready, good sir. Brought a tear to me, I... I'll be quiet.